Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. If you'd like to uh, find out who is playing at what time, what show is playing at what time, here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. That's simultv.com. And in the search engine, just type in Exxon. My guest this hour, Exo Nation, is Preston Dennett, and we've had the pleasure of having Preston on the show num- numerous times in the past. Uh, he began investigating UFOs and the paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and author of 26 books and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. Joining me now is Preston Dennett. And Preston, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us again. Hey, thanks, Rob. Glad to be here. All righty. You've got a new book that we're going to be talking about tonight. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's called Onboard UFO Experiences. Mm -hmm. It covers 15 first-hand accounts of each chapter focusing on one person who's been taken on board a craft. Right. Uh, most of these people have had, you know, a lifetime of experiences. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the pattern we do see. But yeah, and each of these people can tell you what it's like to be on board a UFO. Now, all the descriptions of that uh, the different people give of the craft, do they all match, or are they different crafts with different uh, descriptions? Uh, they match in a lot of details. Mm-hmm. Um, they are different craft, you know, and different types of ETs. Right. But but there are some really startling corroborations. Well, can you share a few with us? Yeah, I think what I found most interesting was when people are taken into a craft. They, well, mm-hmm. of course, we've heard a million times how they describe indirect lighting source. That's right. pretty well known. And rounded corners. Mm-hmm. No, I mean no corners. 
this sort of thing. Uh, but another thing that I've heard over and over again is a central column. This appears in almost universally. People describe this sort of pole that rises up through the center of the craft. Hmm. And uh, in terms of windows or portholes, this is also very interesting. Um, all of them describe that these, the, the craft itself, the walls, can turn transparent. Um, sometimes it's just a little portion. Wow. Um, sometimes it's the entire craft itself, um, which witnesses say is, can be very disorienting because uh, they feel like they're falling for a second. Right. Uh, but yeah, I hear that quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, these details, they describe the walls as being extremely smooth, mm-hmm. uh, just smoother than glass in a way that's very hard to describe. So there's these certain little details that are just really consistent in case after case, you know, whether it's a guy from England or a guy down in Louisiana, a guy over mm-hmm. in West Virginia, uh, all over the place, but it's almost the same description. Now, is there is there any common thread between the people themselves? For example, are they of a certain age group? Are they of a certain ethnic, uh, uh, religious background or ethnic group? Or is it right across the spectrum? It's right across the spectrum. You know, when I looked into this, these details, I looked into mm-hmm. uh, po- political affiliations. No, no pattern there. There's you know Democrats and Republicans. Wow. And, uh, there's you know different races for sure. There's one guy he's black. There's mm-hmm. another guy he's got some Asian blood. Uh, one guy he's uh, Latino. Right. So that does not seem to be a pattern there. A couple of people are Latino. In uh, far as age, we do see a pattern there in that people who are having these experiences generally have an experience around age five. That would be mm. like the marker age. Maybe six, you know, occasionally a little bit earlier or later, but right. five is sort of that age where they have these grays usually coming into their bedroom and scaring the wits out of them. Do, now, um, is this generational or... Is there a connection between uh, other family members who have also been abducted or experimented or brought up into the craft? Generally speaking, yeah, I'm going to say it is generational, but not always. Or it's not remembered, perhaps, by prior generations or denied. Uh, But in many cases, we do see that people, you know, I always ask, you know, have your parents reported this type of thing? And, yeah, it stretches back, you know, multiple generations in some cases. Uh, sometimes the, you know, the grandparents don't look upon it as an uh, alien phenomena. They right. see it more as perhaps spiritual or mm. religious. Uh, they, there's different interpretations people take on this. I mean, some people feel like the ETs they saw were, quote, angelic. Uh, another guy, he's like, I'm not sure these were ETs at all. Really? Uh, yeah, because he's had a number of very bizarre experiences, uh, which don't kind of fit the standard pattern of you know, grays right. examining him. Uh, so he's wondering if this is some phenomena that puts on different masks and appears in different ways, whether it's a ghostly apparition. He's had a number of those. Uh, weird-shaped UFOs of all different shapes and uh, other strange 
experiences that are very hard to categorize. Now, do these people get taken into the up to the craft or into the craft throughout the years, or is this just a one-time event that they've been experiencing? Uh, well, you know, it's not an easy question to answer. I think in some cases it is a one-time event, right. or appears to be. There was one case from a guy in Pennsylvania, Ron. He and his friends, they were like 13, 14 years old, mm -hmm. uh, were out skateboarding and saw this UFO. And Ron's like, oh my gosh, I'd love to go on a ride with these things. Because he could look through the window of this object and he saw human-looking forms, silhouettes. Uh, normal-looking people, as far as he could see. And uh, the next thing he knows, he is on board. And he's looking at very beautiful humanoids, humans, uh, in jumpsuits. Mm. And uh, he's sitting down on this little bench. There's an adult on either side of him who is just sitting there entranced and not talking, not moving. Uh, he tries to talk to them, but they don't answer. Uh, when these humans, humanoids, there was a man and a woman. Uh, he said that they were very muscular, very, you know, white, very good looking, almost genetically perfect in a weird way. Blue eyes, blonde hair. Took him up to this uh, section of the craft, which turns transparent, and then looked out at the star field. And he just kept telling himself, this is amazing. You know, I'm actually on board this UFO. He couldn't believe it. Um, it's something he thinks about daily. Sure. And uh, really, it's the only experience he's had like this. He's had a number of close-up sightings following this, as have his family members. But this one childhood experience was like pretty much it in terms of going on board. Well, did the... I don't know if we can call them aliens. Can the... Can the, the crew of the craft, did they perform any experiments on this young man? Um, I think it's very possible, yes, because he doesn't remember the whole experience. Is uh, that so is that common where people don't remember the entire experience? Yeah. In fact, it's very common. Um, we have something called doorway amnesia. It's right. very unusual for people to remember actually entering the craft. They'll see one ho hovering over them. Mm -hmm. They might see them something struck by a beam of light. But rarely do they actually, I mean, here's, here's a good case, Kim Kamen. You know, he worked as a mechanic for special forces in the military, a great witness. All right, I'm, we're going to have to hold it here for a second, Preston, because I do have to take my break. And when we come back, let's, uh, let's hear about this, uh, this case that you're going to start to tell us about. Exonation, Preston Dennett is our special guest, PrestonDennett.Weebly.com is his website. And Preston and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. As we continue talking about Preston's newest book entitled On Board UFO Encounters. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Book away. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. 
Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, everyone. Preston Dennett is my guest to this hour, and we're talking to Preston about his new book. It's entitled Onboard UFO Encounters. And if you'd like to get more information about Preston, see all the great books he's written. And if you'd like to contact him, visit his uh, webpage at prestondennett.weebly.com. All right, Preston, just before we were going to go into the commercial break, you were going to start to tell us about one of the one of the witnesses or one of the people that you interviewed for the book. So please continue. Yeah. His name is Kim Kamen. He's mm-hmm. from Illinois. Right. He worked as a mechanic for special forces in the military. Really good witness. It was 1994. He wakes up mm-hmm. and he sees Grays standing around his bed. And uh, he hears them talking. They said, come with us. Don't be afraid. But we, we're not going to hurt you. Just relax. Everything's okay. Come with us. Oh, famous uh, last words. <laughs> right? This is what they always say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is 1994. He's well aware of Grace. Uh, has no prior experiences that he's aware of, though his brother what did have an abduction experience. His twin brother. So that's kind of interesting because we do see that turn up in other cases. Sort of fascination with ETs about mm-hmm. twins. Really? Yeah. It's very strange, uh, but they do seem to be fascinated by pe- no, twins. So there's a number of twin cases in the literature, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, so, yeah, 1994, and the grades are like, come with us. He didn't argue with them, wasn't afraid, sort of unnaturally calm, another mm-hmm. thing we see. And they pull him out into his living room, and the back living room wall is gone. It's completely transparent. Uh, there's a UFO hovering right over the house, 20, 50 feet up. It's absolutely beautiful, covered with colored lights, which kind of entrance him. That's how they do it. I think that's what the purpose of a lot of these colored lights on UFOs are for, actually. I don't they're necessarily sensing devices or navigation right. lights. I think they're to hypnotize the witness. Because hmm. uh, that's what I keep hearing, right? They can't look away from these lights. Yeah, you know, something that's always amazed me, you have these craft with all these lights that are blinking, and yet very few people see them except the people who are having the experience. Um, in most cases. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there are cases, you know, where people have an abduction experience and others around them do report UFOs mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, and I think probably if someone's seeing a UFO, uh, it's coming for somebody else. Uh, it could but, be. You know, hard to say. All right, so he the the Greys uh, bring him into the living room, and he gets into the living room. His wall is not there for all intents and purposes, but there's the UFO hovering over him. Yep, they pull him out in the backyard. He can uh-huh. feel the grass on his feet, and this beam of light hits him. And boom, he's inside the craft. And this mm-hmm. is what we call doorway amnesia. You know, There are cases out there where people do remember being pulled upwards, a lot of them. Uh, but rarely do they, does, do they see themselves actually going inside the craft. There's a, a break there. Hmm. And that happens when people are being returned as well. And we're not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, it's definitely curious. 
Now, it's not universal, but it's pretty common. And he had a pretty much typical experience. He was laid out, examined. Mm-hmm. Uh, he remembered instruments coming down. One came for his eye and one came for his arm. It marked a triangle on his arm, uh, which remained for years and years. Uh, and that was basically the extent of the experience. He you know, sure. remembers waking up back in bed. He immediately called his wife, who mm-hmm. uh, worked as a nurse, I believe, in a local hospital, and begged her to come home. She was at, doing the night shift. Uh, finally, she did come home. But yeah, he was pretty freaked out about the whole thing and ended up actually going to the military doctor to get examined. And what doctor- did the military doctor find? Well, Kim told him the whole story. He's like, man, you know, it's yeah. grays. They did this to me. This is what I remember. And the doctor didn't bat an eye. He just looked at the mark and says, yeah, that doesn't appear psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't tell you what caused it. And Kim's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And the doctor says, well, listen, you know, we, you can either accept that this happened and move on or, you know, let it freak you out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so basically, I'm, the doctor sounded like he didn't say this. But he acted in a manner that said he had seen this type of thing before. That's what it sounded like, huh? With all the people that have been taken up into crafts and had the examinations done on them, what do you think the the aliens are looking for? It's a million dollar question, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> genetics certainly. Uh, because they do seem to be very interested in the human body for whatever reason. That's the most common thing we hear is a physical examination. And a number of people do report seeing um, not only hybrid babies, but right. being basically introduced to you know young adults at this point uh, who are, are their children. That's what happened to uh, Dolly from Florida. She woke up one evening. She's had a number of experiences throughout her life. And went to the kitchen to just get a drink of water or juice uh-huh. or something. And there was these grays. And one's looking at her. And she's like, why do you look familiar to me? She's freaking out because she's fully conscious. And they're standing right there, you know, five feet away. And he says, you know me. And she said, no, I don't. He says, yes, you do. You know me. I'm your biological son. And that, of course, freaked her out. But I she looked imagine. at him. Right? <laughs> she looked at him even more closely. And she mm-hmm. did. She could actually see... You know, not only was he like half gray, half human, but her family resemblance in this guy. She's like, how old are you? He's like, about 25, as you would measure it. Uh, but explained to her that time flows much differently for him, and that he's, in a way, much older. Now, prior to these experiences, do a lot of these people uh, have a, a set interest in UFOs, extraterrestrials? Do they like watching the, uh, the television programs that, that focus in on ETs and UFOs? Or are these just people who've never even considered the existence of UFOs or aliens before? Um, usually have never considered it because it happens very early on in life. Mm-hmm. And what, it, what can happen, you know, it can turn you either way into an interest in the stars and this sort of thing. That's what happened with, with Dolly. Right. I mean, she became very interested in astronomy and this sort of thing and embraced her experiences, and she feels they're very positive. Whereas another lady, Lynette, no, she hates Star Trek. <laughs> you know, a number, a number of people told me how 
They abhor any science fiction, Star Trek, aliens, anything like that. Well, William Shatner's uh, acting has that effect on people. (laughs) That could be part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That uh, can't say, but uh, yeah, and that's something I've heard a number of times. It's just an aversion to anything to do with the subject. Anyone who has a very strong emotional reaction to the subject uh, is sort of a red flag, indicating "Mm, could be something going on here. When these people come back, do they have full recall or do they seem as if they've been having a dream? And do they bring anything back with them from the ship that could collaborate their stories? Uh, in terms of an artifact, bringing mm-hmm. yeah. you know, back an alien ashtray or something? Oh, yeah. Well, or a towel that's... that says, you know, I slept at the CD motel. Hey, something. Oh, wait a minute. That was mine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> You know, a thread, anything, yeah. you know, uh, something, uh, but no. No way. Uh, we don't have anything like that. I did, did a study of cases looking for that, and there are a number of um, cases where people have given rocks and stones or, you know, that, I don't know if you remember Joe Simonton and the alien pancake. Alien uh, pancake? Yeah, UFO had landed. This is a well-known case from, I believe it was, gosh, 60s or so. Well, that's before my UFO time, landed yeah. in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And the guy saw these human-looking ETs, and they gave him these pancake-type things, which ended up being you know, investigated by the FDA and uh, Air Force labs, and it turned out to be just normal buckwheat and things like this. <laughs> so there have been a number of artifacts that turned out to be normal or appeared to be normal. Well, we know uh, one thing for sure, uh, Preston. They don't have Aunt Jemima uh, in, the, uh, <laughs> in the outer parts of the galaxy, do they? Um, guess not. So, the, uh, yeah, the whole alien artifact thing is very frustrating. Um, we don't have enough proof to convince a diehard skeptic, right. I don't think. But if, if you're objective, you know, and you look at the amount of evidence that's actually out there in the public arena... Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you could prove this in a court of law, easy peasy, no well, problem. Well, you say that, and and yet we we did a challenge. I forget two three years ago, we were doing a TV show called Paranormal Court TV, and we offered to fly anyone who has had an experience who would want to present their case in a courtroom setting. They would be an honorarium, the entire gambit. No one took us up on it. Wow. Now, I know a few people who probably could. I'm not sure if they would. There's one case. I think I may have told you about this. All right. Hold Uh, on, buddy. You've got it timed so well that you just just start teasing me about (laughs) a story, and then I've got to go to a break. So stand by. This is our news break at the bottom of the hour, Exxon Nation. My guest this hour is Preston Dennett, and of course, uh, Preston is a good friend of the Exxon. And if you'd like to uh, contact Preston, his website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. We're talking to Preston this hour about his new book entitled On Board, You Have Full Encounters. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Preston Dennett and I return as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everyone. Preston Dennett is my special guest this hour. We're talking uh, to Preston about his new book entitled On Board UFO. Now, On Board UFO Encounters contains 15 all-new original cases of people who have been taken on board a UFO. None of them have been published before. What really happens when someone is taken on board an alien craft? Well, the answer may surprise you. These uh, true first-hand accounts provide an extensive exploration deep into the heart of the UFO phenomenon and show just how fascinating and strange UFO contact can be. A wide variety of ETs are represented, including greys, praying mantis, human-looking ETs, hybrids, humanoids of all types, 15 ordinary people, each with who have had the extraordinary experience of being taken on board UFOs, have their stories here in Preston's new book entitled Onboard UFO Encounters. All right. I'm not going to interrupt you again. Please continue with your story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, each case does have certain amounts of evidence. Mm -hmm. um, certainly the doctors that people deal with, these, the witnesses, yeah. uh, they upset the doctors in a number of these cases because they're like, well... What's this object here in your sinus cavity? You have something here in your arm. Um, there's been unexplained healings of tumors and things like this. And people do get photographs as well. I and mean, Joe Gardner, he's a guy from West Virginia, Huntington, yeah. West Virginia, who's had experiences his entire life, uh, ongoing. And these objects, you know, fairly recently have been coming down regularly to the point where he's able to show them to groups of people, mm -hmm. all, his, all his friends and family have seen these things, and he's photographed them. He sent me some of these photographs. So there is evidence. I mean, he, he, yeah, you should talk to this guy. I mean, he would definitely, some of these witnesses are very vocal about, you know, what's happened to them, and they want to let people know. All right, the photographs that Most he sent. Shy. Oh, understandably. Um, the photographs that this person sent you, what, what do they look like to you, Preston? Uh, some are better than others, uh, but they show what appear to be unexplained objects. One sh clearly shows a saucer-shaped object mm -hmm. right up there in the sky. I wouldn't, you know, and coupled with the fact that he's willing to put his name behind it and has a testimony about how he took the photo, to me makes it a very good photo. And if he has, you know, character witnesses, right. and other people who were there with him. Uh, at the time, who saw it as well? Now, were there other people? Were were any of these craft identified or or targeted by radar? Were there reports in the media? Were there reports with law enforcement or the military? Generally, no. No. Way. 
Um, you know, sometimes these do occur during waves and there are mm-hmm. reports of sightings in the area, but in terms of, you know, on radar, no. Um, at least the witnesses haven't pursued, you know, that. And I d- wasn't able to find, you know, radar verification yeah. on this particular incident, at least. Do they or supply you with doctor's uh, reports and affidavits? Uh, in some cases, uh, not in all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, some cases are definitely better than others, no doubt about it. Uh, like, uh, I mean, when people have an ongoing experience for their entire life, the evidence starts to build up. And to them, mm-hmm. it becomes irrelevant because while people are interested in knowing if this is true or not, right. they don't care at this point. They know it's real, and they're you know, sometimes having a hard time with it. Well, it, knowing that it is real or knowing that it is a real experience depends on their beliefs. For example, just because they believe it to be real doesn't mean it is real, right? Um, well, I mean, strictly speaking, yeah, but that still doesn't make any difference to them when, well, I mean, take this guy from yeah. England, Gary, I, I call him, he doesn't want his name used. Okay. Um, um, it's not happy with what's happening to him. Well, what's um, happening? You know, he did have you know, grays coming to his room mm-hmm. as a young boy. He lived in an abusive family. They didn't understand. He got no help. Finally got out of there and started living a productive life. But he was around 20 years old mm-hmm. when he woke up and thought he was in a hospital. You know, he had been in a few bicycle accidents, bike accidents, uh, and had been in the hospital before. But expecting to see a doctor... He did not see that. He saw a very tall gray, and he said it had no compassion for him. He was laid out on a table, and it had this big, long, sort of syringe-like needle, and it pierced his temple with it. Wow. It was very very painful. He cursed, and he screamed at this gray who didn't even react. Um, (laughs) Felt felt like he was just a lab rat or at the kennel or something. And uh, says, these guys don't believe in anesthesia. He's got nothing but bad names for them. Uh, and, you know, woke up the next morning immediately upset and rushes to the bathroom and looks in the mirror. And there's, sure enough, a wound in his head, a red puncture wound. So uh, that's, is that proof? Eh, you know, hard to say it, but he definitely relates it to this experience. Well, you see, I, I would have considered it proof if he would have gone to the doctor and said, hey, listen, you're going to think I'm nuts, but this is what I think happened. Can you check that hole in my head and tell me what it is? Yeah, well, that's what, uh, yeah. gosh, J- J- Jim, Jim Schaefer, gosh, is that his name? I believe that's his name. Did He's actually up in Canada, um, very near where the Falcon Lake incident was by with Stephen McCallick. Yeah. Very famous landing. Um, that's he lived in that area and had all kinds of experiences. And he'd wake up, his foot mm-hmm. would be broken. He had puncture wounds, cuts. Went to the wow. doctor and said, "Doctor, you know, I think I'm having UFO experiences." And the doctor's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, what's going on here?" And so he was very forthright with his doctors and was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer, actually, oh. and uh, had the tumor disappear overnight. He was, you know, this is prior to having scheduled surgery, about a week or two away, goes to the doctors for his surgery, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, what happened? And he, he was mm-hmm. explained, you know, I think it was the ETs. He doesn't remember, but he had missing time. And they're like, wow, you know, and they, 
They removed, you know, they did the operation anyway because there was necrotic tissue, but found no cancer and wrote in his file, Miraculous Healing. He showed me the pictures. He showed me the file. So, yeah, I mean, it's, is that proof? Mm. Very close to it. <laughs> I mean, these, and there's other cases with outstanding medical evidence. I think medical evidence is some of the best evidence we have. If but, it is substantiated with a doctor's report, I agree. And the witness is willing to come forward and, mm-hmm. you know, if, and, just, and have the whole thing reviewed. Right. But we've got landing trace cases as well, which are pretty impressive. I mean, the whole Rendlesham Forest incident, that has some impressive landing trace cases. Well, yeah, cases. except when you, when, you, when you get Colonel Halt and the other boys talking about it, their stories contradict each other now. Yeah, stories, well, that's a massive account with all kinds of witnesses. Um, it's not surprising there are contradictions. But when, you, but when, you, when, when you're talking to Colonel Holt, who was the OIC there, and the, you know, the senior officer of this entire event, and he is uh, you know, he's just saying that, well, the other guys, they were wrong, they didn't see this, uh, this and these kind of comments, it, it puts a big question mark onto the entire event. Yeah, tarnishes the case, exactly. no doubt. Yeah, uh, but the, but that you know that's a massive case. It I, is. I, it truly is a I massive have, case. I haven't specialized in that one. I mean, it's got like ten books on it at least. Um, many many witnesses. Um, a lot of reports which do stand up, corroborating each other. But once again, but, I, but once again, uh, as we know, just because the people having the encounter could not identify the source of the light, the source of the sound, or the identity of the craft itself does not mean that this was something from out of this world. Hey, some of the witnesses are right there with you. Yeah. Others are fully convinced that you know they're dealing with ETs from another planet, but others are like, hmm, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it could be military. You know, I don't know what happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but they do, you know, when you see a gray in front of you, it's hard to come away from any other conclusion that you're dealing with something you know that's other in the case of gary he had one of these things in his house and this has happened before and usually he just blacks out well he sees this thing he runs up to it Mm -hmm. and chokes it grabs it by the neck and this thing starts telepathically screaming at him get off get off get off and its arms are windmilling all over the place and then boom something hits him from behind and he blacks out uh, but, you know, that's not the only case where, you know, people have attacked greys and been successful for at least a few minutes. Uh, okay, but here's another question. Do they ever come back with anything under their fingernails from scratching these greys or from fighting with these greys? Yeah, we need more forensic investigation yeah. to follow, you know, an, an immediate UFO abduction event, which we're not getting that kind of money and attention put hmm. towards this. Um, I'm not trained for that. Right. I'm, a, you know, I'm a bookkeeper. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I've been doing this for 30, 35 years, practically. Uh, so things are getting better. I think we are building up a very, and we've got a giant database for sure. Right. Uh, but as far as you know, what you're looking for, mm-hmm. solid. All right. I'm, a, I'm asking for the impossible. <laughs> I know I am. I know I am. But hey, I listen. Want alien body. I'd love to see one of those. All right, listen. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Indexo Nation, our good friend Preston Dennett is with us tonight. We're talking to Preston about his new book that's entitled 
onboard UFO encounters and uh, visit his website at www.prestondennett.weebly.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, my special guest, Preston Dunnett, as we um, continue searching for the truth. It's out there. We just have to find it. I'll be back. Don't go away. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Preston Dennett is our special guest this hour, Exonation, www.prestondennett.weebly.com. He's got a new book out to add to his collection of books that he has written over the years. And by the way, he is a great author. I love reading his books. This one is entitled Onboard UFO Encounters. And again, www.weebly.com. Prestondennett.weebly.com. Uh, Preston, when these people are, are taken, are there any reports of them not coming back? Um, this does happen. It does, eh? There, yeah, it's not super common. There are you know, scattered cases in the literature. Mm -hmm. um, I know of a case in Hobbs, New Mexico. Uh, I know of Felix Moncla disappeared over Lake Superior. It was vectored towards a UFO, saw it on radar, and... He was gone. Uh, there is one case in the book that does seem to involve this. It's an unusual case, and I wasn't able to verify it as much as I'd like, but the, the witness is absolutely sincere. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, involved a group of teenagers, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20, who had gone to a cabin in the high desert here in Southern California um, as something they regularly did. One of them owned the cabin or had relatives that did. And they just hang out, you know, drink beer and... Um, one of these guys disappears for a period of hours to the point where everyone's concerned, finally comes back with this wild story about coming upon a landed UFO. Okay. And everyone's like, yeah, right, right. Now, the guy I talked to, Tony, knew this guy well, knew that he wasn't the kind of guy who kidded. His name was Paul. And Paul's like, no, I, honest to God, you know, they were very nice. They looked mostly human, kind of, but he described sort of a hybrid gray, Right. Um, said the ship was very clean. He was invited on board. They told him they're studying this area. It was all white. They wore white uniforms. It was all very a pleasant experience. It was very quick, and they invited him to go with them. And he's like, mm, I don't think so. Maybe, no, I don't think so. And they said, well, we're going to come back here in a year on this day, and if you want to come with us, mm -hmm. uh, show up. 
So this is the story you told. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but a year goes by, and this guy, Paul, starts giving away his stuff. You know, he's telling everyone he's going to go. Wait a minute. I, I, was this guy somewhere in Vancouver, in British Columbia? Um, no, th this is here in Southern California. Okay, because there's a there's a similar story that was covered by the CBC up here, uh, and it, it parallels what you're telling me. Um, yeah, there yeah. Are, I'm telling you, there are other cases yeah. like this. Um, there are a lot of human disappearances, by the way. I mean, that are unsolved. Yeah, this guy wrote his uh, his his, uh, his parents a letter, left it there, and that's the last time he has been seen. So this guy, Paul, yeah. I mean, Tony goes up and he's like, are yeah. you going to go there? And Paul's like, mm, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Right. I'm not sure I'm going to go with them. Uh, but drives up there alone and doesn't come back. <laughs> so, so Tony, his friends, and Paul's family all go up there and find his car. The keys are in it. It's right where, you know, by the cabin. Mm -hmm. But he's never seen again. Wow. They call the police. The police do a whole investigation. Missing persons report. Uh no one was accused of anything because it was pretty clear what must have happened. He disappeared himself, whether wow. on a UFO or what have you. Or we don't on purpose, know. yeah. Listen, uh, since you and I last talked, um, there's been a lot of, of uh, controversy about the uh, USS Nimitz and the Tic Tac. What's your take on it? Uh, I think it's part of a complex of other experiences going on in that area. This is a very active area for USO activity off the Southern California coast. Yeah, it's off Catalina Island, isn't it? Right. That yeah. that incident took place a little bit more south, but right. as the UFO flies, who, who cares? Yeah. And, right? Yep. So, yeah, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's clear that our military knows quite a bit more about this. Mm -hmm. um, there was a freedom of information request put out on this and it was denied saying the material wouldn't that would entail being released is far too sensitive uh, so they do know something uh, we're not sure how much they know uh, but i've certainly mm -hmm. talked to a number of military witnesses in this area yeah uh, who said flat out it's not us and i can tell you that we're completely baffled by what we're seeing um, you know some of these are fairly high-ranking people a coast guard captain uh, a submarine navigator um, a petty officer, um, an electrician's mate on the USS Clamagor. He right. had an experience. Uh, so a lot of the military is encountering this, and uh, the policy is just not to talk about it. How close do you think we are to disclosure? Uh, well, we've had it to a certain extent. I mean, there is a lot of disclosure that's just popping out at the seams. I think we're years uh, away yeah. from what you know, people would dream of. Yeah, for God's sake, just land, get it over with. Let's <laughs> let Fox News and CNN do the coverage. And all right, hi, you're here. Yay, shake your hand. Away you go, and on to bigger and better things. You're years away, I'm guessing. Yeah, because you know, I came in this field in 1988, 86, and there was buzz then about disclosure. Oh yeah, open official contact. Yeah, and we haven't seen it. It's oh, kind my. of a carrot on the stick uh every time i talk to Stephen bassett he's always saying oh we're nearly there we're nearly there and i've been doing this show for 30 years and, yep we're nearly there well Stephen, how much longer is it going to take because i'm not going to be around for that much longer buddy we're going to get some very high level officials trying to disclose this we're going to get leaks we're going to get whistleblowers mm -hmm. and we're going to get 
at some point, an official government statement, probably some small country who people are like, yeah, hmm, <laughs> you know, do we really believe, you know, Chile yeah. or, you know, some, maybe not a major superpower. Uh, but I think it's coming. It wouldn't surprise me if it's 20, 30 years, we start getting some vi- real action. Really, yeah. Talking about the uh, the uh, different types of extraterrestrials that the people you interviewed for your new book were talking about, praying mantis and and then the greys and then the human hybrid, is their physiology as such that they require to breathe oxygen, that they require the same uh, physiological attributes that we need as humans? Uh, we don't know. According to you know Dolly, she's like, yeah, yeah, they need to breathe just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, she's had a lot of interactions with them, just as they do eat. Uh, but I not, have not been able to get real good detail on that. Um, I find it very curious that when someone's taken on board a UFO, right? You know, they can breathe. You know, pretty much normally, um, almost universally. Sometimes people do have trouble breathing, uh, but they don't like get crushed to the floor in excess gravity or. And they're generally not like floating around, though that does happen in some cases. Uh, so there's sort of a human equivalency. That gotcha. seems, I don't know. It's very strange. Do we have any idea where these aliens are coming from? Because if we're talking about greys, if we're talking about you know uh, humanoid hybrids, if we're talking about praying mantises, how can they all be coming from the same place? Yeah, I don't think they are. Mm. You know, people talk about interdimensionality. I'm convinced that we're we're dealing with physical beings okay. um, who pilot ships, probably from other star systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, no, they don't say where they're from. In one case, Anne Witherspoon, uh, she's from the Midwest. Um, she, I believe, it was Indiana. Uh, she's had a lot of experiences, and one was fully conscious. A gray came right into her bedroom and said, "We need to talk." You know, I love you. It told her. Wow. Um, which really got her attention, and it held up these little brass-looking discs and said, "This is where we're from." And there were markings on the discs that looked like a sort of a solar system, and this gray told her that they were from, um, uh, not a binary star system, a paired star system uh, I forget what he called it uh, but they were pretty specific about it didn't but even that doesn't say where they're really from yeah it's just sort of like ah, we're from you know a star system okay <laughs> you know where's that uh, so she didn't get a whole lot of information but more than the average person uh, one lady was apparently taken to another planet as a hmm. young child she said that the flora and fauna was completely different it was a much lighter gravity she could breathe the air, uh, but the structures were different. Everything was different. Amazing stories. Um, where can people get a copy of your book, my friend? Uh, it's not out yet. It's due out any day, so you're getting kind of the scoop here. Ooh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, it should be, gosh, two weeks, um, I'm going to say. Uh, but. These things have a tendency to be unpredictable, but that's true. But they're coming right up, yep. especially especially if they get abducted by aliens on the way. <laughs> Preston okay, has. Oh, I hope so too, my friend. Uh, what's your next book about? Uh, working on several. I want to do a one on paranormal stories mm-hmm. of like supernatural survival. People who've been rescued by 
ghosts had their, you know, that sort of thing, saved their life in um, disaster situations. So I'm working on that, working on another UFO contact book, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited about. Maybe one on out-of-body experiences. Wow. So I've you're a busy man. Up. <laughs> you know it. All right. Listen, Preston, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you, my friend. Continued success. And ExoNation, if you'd like to get more information about Preston Dennett, visit his website at www.prestondennett.weebly.com. And we've been talking to Preston this hour about his new book that's coming out in a couple of weeks entitled Onboard UFO Encounters. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. 